podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Almost afternoon, but um, it's good. True. We have some. Well, we have some guests with us today. We have actually my parents, so Yay. Mary and Louis, who are joining us from Winnipeg. I like to emphasize that um, there's already snow in Winnipeg, and there has been for like a week. Oh, um, wow. Which I guess when we're airing this episode, that's not going to be as big a deal. But it's still October right now. So right. that's yeah. true. Yep, that's exactly. It's the last day of October. It that's is. Right. I saw pictures from somebody in Alberta, uh, and they've got a lot of snow in Alberta. Mm. Do you guys have like a dusting in Winnipeg, or is it like we had a, a lot more? Eh? Well, it, it's in two bouts. It came, and I would call them both. I'll call it better than a dusting, but uh, <laughs> okay. a, a few centimeters. But okay. it's a little bit warmer today, and it looks like okay. a dusting today. Well, so it's you it's would on its know way down. about it. <laughs> yeah, you would know right. all of us. So Louis yeah. is a meteorologist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, that's yeah. good. Awesome. Well, um, the pain of waiting is what we're talking about today. Um, and so we'll, uh, well, let's, let's dive in. We, we asked um, my, my, Louis and Mary, my parents, to be here um, because they've, they've experienced this in their lives in the past several years. So maybe we'll just start off with that is, okay, what, um, what, what is the story? Why are you such experts on the topic of why waiting is painful? <laughs> yeah, well, so it, you know, it turned out, um, in 2014, I had a, a sudden intestinal blockage, you know, went into the hospital and in, in 2014, February. And, uh, when I was released, they couldn't quite hear all the sounds that were associated with your intestines moving again, but they, they just said, well, it's a little bit, so they sent me home. But it turned out I, I ended up in severe pain. Um, about a week after I got home, the pain just, I guess, as I began to try to eat more, um, uh, such severe pain. I've never experienced such severe pain. Um and it lasted, um, it was just all, all the time, actually, except when I slept. And um, I began to lose weight. And, uh, you know, within a, about two months, I had lost 25 to 30 pounds. And I was only about 130 to start with. So anyway, went, went back to the doctors and they, I was back in hospital um, two times that year to... Um, to search for a, a, an answer, um, and they did a huge battery of tests, but they couldn't find anything. Um, and I, I just continued to lose weight, but it kept being sent home from the hospital. So I was in in June again uh, that year for about three weeks. All the tests sent back home. By August, uh, was back in because of my, my weight continued to fall. And um, they tried putting me on a nose tube and um, it wasn't, nothing was working. I had still a lot of pain. Um, and in, in December, I ended up having um, another surgery for a removal of my um, thyroid gland. So they, during all the tests, they found other things. So uh, anyway, um, gradually, you know, a year went by. The pain was, was mediocre. I, I actually gained a little weight after my thyroid um, thing, mm. but, uh, I was always sick feeling. And then 
so and then two years later i i began to um again lose weight so severely that i was admitted again into hospital it was probably at what i at the time was the lowest point um and um ended up on leaving the hospital and being on uh, um, an intravenous type of um, um, nutrition called TPN. So it's fed right into your bloodstream. And they were trying to give me all the nutrition that I was losing in my body. So for about a year, so I was sent back home and for about a year I was on this TPN. Louis was my nurse. <laughs> he, he took the training to, um, you know, to keep administered to me intravenously um, out throughout the night. Because you, um, you couldn't really eat during this time, right? You had about a year um, where you weren't I, that or, or very minimally. I, I could eat. I could eat mm. um, and just small amounts. But gradually, gradually, um, my stomach started to become um, really um, distended. distended. And, I, I, you know, I looked like I was six pregnant. months pregnant and I was like 50 two at the time, 53 or 54. Um, and it was so, it, it was really hard. Um, and um, by that point, um, so in December of about two and a half years later, um, I couldn't eat anything. And uh, I, all I could eat was broth and yogurt. And I was on this nutrition to keep me alive. Um, and uh, again, I was going downhill and um, ended up um, so a whole bunch of spiritual things happened, so I can share those in a minute. But so anyway, ended up back in February or, or March of 2017, exploring surgery. They opened me up and found that my intestines were all matted together with scar tissue, and they took out like, quite a quite a number. Uh, well, most of my intestine. They said they left me enough to get nutrition. They hoped, and and it was. Um, but anyway. I was on a, I had an ileostomy for a year, so they, my bowels needed to heal, and I, I had that, which was kind of a shock when I woke up from surgery. Um, but I had no more pain, and, and I could start eating again, which I was terrified to do because I was always in pain. But when I slowly introduced food into my diet again, it was, like, amazing. I didn't have any pain. And gradually over that year, I was able to eat more and more and... Um, and they took me off TPN too, just in the hospital. So I was only on food. I was so afraid I was going to go downhill again, but my body responded. And, and by a year later in 2018, they went in again, opened me up and rejoined my intestines and everything like came back together. Like everything worked properly um, and it still is, and I was able to eat, gain my weight back, no more pain anymore, and it was like absolutely amazing to feel new life, like a sense of freedom, and um, just coming out of the trenches into this wonderful life again. And it took me a lot. There was a whole healing process that came along with all of that. I can describe mm -hmm. too, but. That's that's the story in a nutshell. Was um, this journey into uh, experiencing where the biggest experience was that I didn't know who was going to help me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know none of the the doctors for a long time didn't know what to do. I kept, continued to be sent home, 
Uh, my family doctor didn't know what to do. Um, I felt, I felt uh, hopeless in a sense for my health. And the only thing I could do was cling to Jesus. Louie and I prayed every day, and I had my own prayer times. And he continued to say, trust in me. You know, trust in my timing and in my way of healing. And he gave me many words of assurance. Um, and, uh, and it's true, and he did. He brought me through um, in his own way, his own time, into healing. And so it was a, a journey. There's a, a, so much I can share about spiritually how the Lord brought me through this. But, but that's the beginning. That's the beginning of the story. It's so, so beautiful. Like just for the for anybody who's listening, um, who didn't listen to our intro episode, I used to live in Winnipeg for a while, so that was how I met Nicole, and then that is how I met you, um, Mary and Louis. And uh, yeah, you were my spiritual directors for a little while and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I I just remember like leaving Winnipeg and uh, and Nicole kind of giving the updates about how you were doing and like praying for you. But this is the first mm-hmm. time that I've heard everything from you know start start to finish and it's just like oh my goodness that's so much like it's mm-hmm. it's so much you know so mm-hmm. it's like I'm so glad to be looking at you right now and seeing you on the other side of it oh I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was um I think it was the biggest deepest most powerful spiritual lesson I've I've learned in my life and um, like first of all I had an amazing husband to have an amazing husband who walked with me through this and um, and and all my children too when I was in the hospital so many times for such a long time they were always making time to visit me Louis came every day pretty much and um, and I and I felt I felt like I was surrounded by so much love um, mm. All the time, whereas I saw so many people in the hospital who they just didn't have many people to come to them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I should let Louis talk because he's experiencing something. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I think we all. I was like, I just met you guys. I'm like, and you know, I mean, it, it is. It's like I'm so. I'm. I think we're all kind of like a bit emotional because it's so. I think it's so honest and real, and it's it's mm-hmm. something that that experience of what you said of being hopeless and not really having an answer and not knowing that you're going to get an answer, you know, like it's not, it's not like you, you were like, okay, well, when you do these things and then, then we'll know. It's like, you didn't even know if that was going to happen. And I feel like in different ways, so many people, so many of us have seasons like that in our lives and it's so hard, but it's, it's so beautiful to Uh hear. Yeah. Just to hear the, the honesty of that time for you, but also mm-hmm. what sustained you and, um, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Like, it, <laughs> I yeah. was like, I just met you guys and I'm like, I'm crying. I don't <laughs> know. It, like, we're all crying. <laughs> yeah. For those who are listening, as opposed to, if you see the YouTube version of this, we're all just <laughs> being copious tears. We're all just crying. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Did you want to say that? Yeah, Louis. Oh. Well, I mean, with respect to, what Mary just shared, yeah, it was, um, I recall, um, of course I was afraid that I'd lose. (laughs) 
this kind is of one brings of, it all back. You, totally. You know, yeah. 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 Again, it brings it back. But, you know, I, I was afraid of that, and but I, I had to be strong because I had to marry, but just wonder, what, you know, where's God, or you know, how, why is this taking so long, or where's the answers, or how come we can't get help? And you know, I, I had to live in hope, you know. For her and my children. I think I think that was something too. Um, you know, during this time, we all like we were all afraid. You know, we were all afraid. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. I didn't know what happened. Um, yeah. And it was this. I think we all had to learn that there's there's you know to be because I think you know we're. Uh, you know, everyone in my family, praise God, has a, is is living. You know, has a person of prayer and and mm-hmm. you know and faith and all these things. But yeah. when you're going through something really difficult, yeah. Yeah. the fear is is real, and the the experiences of of hopelessness and despair, like you can't. I don't think you you can escape that because that's just a human thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. And we all. Um, and yet we all kind of had to be honest with that and yet try to help like support each other, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and, and to and, learn how to do that. Yeah. And to, and it wasn't, I don't think it was easy. I, I had to learn how to still express how I was feeling and the difficult stuff, even when I felt like I had to be strong and then, and to know when are the times that, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I can to, to, to speak things of hope, um, so I can be hopeful if if the other person isn't feeling hopeful, or when do I need to receive that? You know, so kind of all yeah, and yeah. The Lord is bringing you somewhere, like He's always working, and if you invite Him, He'll He's moving you forward, and you know that's true too. But you don't know where it's going in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, right. So while I live in the hope of the Lord, you know, we don't know in, in this world what where is it going, and. and yeah. There's no options. You have to accept and trust the Lord. You know? yeah. yeah, like when I when I pray at different times, I kept a journal of um, when 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 I had my surgery. One of my kids gave me a little journal book, mm-hmm. and um, they said just write down whatever words you want to say. And so I started. I mean, whatever words you sense Jesus saying. So mm-hmm. I began, and um, and those words he began to I began to be more in tune with his voice, and began to write down. Um, and was able to detect it better and better the voice of Jesus and mm. um, and there, and I've gone back look at them and it's just so beautiful to see with how he spoke and one one of the things he said was um, he, he wanted me he gave me a vision one day an image of one day of a of a that I was on a train and this train was going around like a forest and then it was going across a field and around a lake and. And I, it's like I sense him say that he just wanted me to be on the train. Just, I'm on a journey. Just sit and be on this train. And let, let him take me where he wants, he needs to take me. Mm-hmm. And that came back a couple of times that I was still on the train, <laughs> but that he, he was taking me somewhere. And, and those, those moments helped to assure me that there was something in all of this. And, and even right from the beginning, like one, one night I was in really terrible pain and I was, I was praying my rosary because I couldn't sleep there very much. I'd walk around the living room and I was praying my rosary. And I felt like Mary said, um, I trust in the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And she seemed so excited the way she said it. And it struck mm-hmm. me because I thought, 
how can my mother Mary be so excited when I'm suffering so much? You know? <laughs> 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 hey, <that's> rude. <laughs> yeah. That's so rude. <laughs> but I, I pondered it. I pondered it. And what I started sensing was Mary, Mary was aware that God was doing something very good. Mm. And she just wanted me to trust mm. in his goodness in this whole thing. And and that was like a turning point, like a grace came with it. A grace mm. came with those words. And and I gradually began learning how to trust more and more mm-hmm. in the Lord. Um, and and like, it was like so many times there was no hope. There was no way I'd be sent home or the doctor didn't seem to care or know. And mm-hmm. I come back home and, and I'm just keeping in pain, keep losing weight. And, um, but the, the image I had was like a free fall, mm-hmm. falling backwards, falling back into the arms of God, into the arms of Jesus to, to be so trusting that if he wants me to die, then he'll take me to heaven and that'll be his will. And if he wants me to be alive, he'll find a way. Yeah. And it was this lesson yeah. for both of us. Oh, yeah. of tr- Trust became the key. Trusting God. Trusting God. Yeah. Trust. And I, I asked him when it was, Jesus, like, what, what do you want? What do you mean trust exactly? What do you mean? And he said, trust that I love you. Trust that I will never abandon you. And trust that I am working for your best interests. And those three things became like mm. the goal of where I was going. I had just had mm. to trust him and allow him to do yeah. what he was going to do in whatever way he was going to do it. And it was the same for me. Like yeah. I, I recall one morning, I guess one, one day that we were sitting in the living room and I, we were praying, I think together, yeah. but anyway, and it was, it was very clear what came to me. It was, uh, I would say it was like, kind of the lowest that I got, but then the highest in that I sense the Lord saying, you have to entrust her to me, even unto death. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. And I knew that was the truth. Like, you know, we sort of grasp at life. Yeah. But we have to trust him to the very end. Mm-hmm. Because if Mary died, I, I, I'm still with the Lord and I have to carry on and the Lord will pick me up you know and, mm-hmm. but he wanted me to go there in my heart and mind and give mary to him yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's so beautiful i think it reminds me i was actually i don't even know why it's not even the day in the bravery but um i was like looking ahead at the uh at the second reading i think for all souls day maybe or anyways one of the days that's coming up but it um it's where saint ambrose talks about that death is actually a remedy like mm-hmm. we see death as, you know, there's something that's scary and final and all of these kind of things, but it really is a remedy for the situation of sin because God in his mercy gave death so we would not have to live for all of eternity in sin, mm-hmm. you know, in this broken yeah. condition of wow. ours in, wow. oh, which I was like, <laughs> oh, but man, um, yeah. it sounds yeah. like he was giving you like an, uh, like some, uh, like an experience almost of, of, hmm. Well, I was just remembering something that you say, mom, whenever you ha- you're having, you know, sometimes you'd be having a rough day or you'd be, um, I don't know if I've heard you say this different times. You'd just be like, I was made for heaven. I wasn't made for 
<laughs> yeah. I know. We have, a, we have a friend who always teases me about that. And he says, when you die, we're going to write on your on your epitaph, on your on your tombstone. Made for he- I was made for heaven. <laughs> but, so great. So good. But, but, you know, like it taught me that suffering, like I used to see suffering as being bad. Mm-hmm. No, it's the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and and, you, and I think I tried to avoid it in my life. I think there was, there was a lot of fear working in me in my life that I didn't even really realize. After going through this, the Lord has really um, freed me in so many ways. Um, but um, I think what I learned was like su- suffering, there's value in it. Because we're broken, um, God uses the suffering to bring something so beautiful out of of our of who we are because i i can see now like i learned i learned who who jesus really was in a deeper way i knew i realized he is very trustworthy mm-hmm. um and i i my you know my my love for my husband um it grew deeper too mm-hmm. and and the and just knowing the love of my family my children like I was so deeply touched by that, and and I'll, and also I, be, I think I've become more able to understand, be more compassionate to other people, and um, I, yeah, and, and my prayer life has deepened. My relationship with Jesus has mm-hmm. just deepened so much from this experience, and I think I don't think anything else could have brought me where I am now except through suffering. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's not like God wants us to suffer. But he knows it's going to happen because we're living in this broken world. Yeah, and he permits it um, and he, and makes good out of it. He meets us in the suffering. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't you worry. I am going to do something so good. If you trust me, if you can relax and be in my presence, mm-hmm. I will take this and I will do something amazing with it. And, and he, he really did. And I have so much yeah. to say. I yeah. so <laughs> oh, it's so good. No, it's well, like gold. It was oh, yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a specific. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Do you want to say? Well, I was. Um, I just have a question. Do you want to ask your question first? <laughs> just, um, go for it. If you have okay. one, I was just going to. Yeah. Uh, it kind of tags off of what you were saying, anyways. Um, but I know like for me, even in some of the medical things that I've experienced, like waiting for a diagnosis for endometriosis, I had like pain for two years before there was a diagnosis. There was like, and it almost drove me crazy because like, it was um, really hard. And I was even thinking about that this morning because all the moving stuff, like I'm, I'm sore today, you know, but I know why, like, I know what it is. So then it's so much less distressing than if I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sore today and I have no idea what's wrong and I don't know what's happening and da da da. But I'm wondering, like, for for you, how you navigated that, like, the not knowing, especially even in that, um, like, with being authentic in front of the Lord with how you were feeling yeah. in any, you know, feelings and stuff like that, but also with finding hope. Like, how, what, how did you yeah. find that? What did you tell yourself in those times? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when, when you suffer... You, everything be, you become it helps you to detach from all the things that used to be important and you're left with yourself mm-hmm. you're left with the very core of you face your fears and you um you face you know your your mortality um and you just your humanity um and so if we can bring that to the lord if we come to the lord in that 
the, the sort of the purest sense, interior sense of who we are. Um, and then he begins to speak to us. If we, because usually we're, in, if we suffer, we're often also in a place where I, I think if we're willing to listen, we will hear the Lord speak because so much of the distraction is removed because you don't have the energy and the strength mm-hmm. to deal with the, the chatter of the world, you know? And so I found it was easier for me to listen. And, um, you know, like one day I was worrying and it, this is just kind of at my very lowest point um, in 2016 before I went on to this nutri- this TPN, nutrition. But I said to the Lord, you know, Lord, I'm really worried. I, 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 my, my daughter was going to get married, Cecile, in Ottawa. And I really wanted to be at the wedding in June. And um, I, I was just like, you know, 91 pounds or 92 pounds or something wow. low. And um, and I was like in the hospital. And But he, but he said to me, remind me who I am. so i began to think and i said well you're the god of the impossible you've seen that in scripture like you walked on water you walked through walls in the resurrection you know after the resurrection um you make all things new i said all these things that i knew from my faith and I felt like he was smiling, and he said, yeah. "That's right, correct." <laughs> I feel like I feel like um, that's the closest thing I've ever heard to like basically God being like, "Dare me." And so, what does that leave you with? It leaves you with on your on your knees and you say, "Yes, Lord, I submit." Like whatever, whatever is your will. And, and like another thing was in 2017, so just before the, the, the life-changing first surgery, I was, again, had come back. I was only hardly eating anything. And I, anyway, I found out my doctor um, sent me a notice. Says, uh, I'm, I'm setting up with a, a surgeon. I'm, and it's like, what? Like no one told me. I'm just all of a sudden going to be having Mary, surgery. You know what? A reminder, though. Well, I'm going to tell that story. You will. I won't tell your okay. story. <laughs> before this story takes place, you said to your doctor, your okay, regular yeah. doctor. Okay. That's important. Okay. I, I did. I, I wrote my gastrointestinal doctor an, an email. And I said, I'm, this is like November. And I said, I'm not thriving. I said, I'm only surviving. Mm. I said, I said can, is there anything you can do? Yeah. So, a month went by, I didn't hear from him, and all of a sudden I hear, I get this note back saying, um, you'll be seeing the surgeon on February, whatever. So it was, I didn't know what was up. I didn't really think of it, it was going to be a life-changing surgery. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, anyway, so I was out, I was out trying to get some exercise. I thought, if I'm going to have surgery, I should get my heart in shape. And so with my little energy, I was trying to, you know, do a bit of cross-country skiing or cross-country walking, whatever you'd call it. <laughs> Um, I was slow. Anyway, I said to the Lord, Lord, I am, um, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. I, I mean, I, I think I'm at my limit. And um, and I had been offering up all my suffering. Honestly, like this was, like, this is what my faith taught me. Offer up your suffering. So it was a beautiful, I felt like I had a mission all along. Mm-hmm. Offer all of my suffering. I offered it for my children, for their spiritual life. Um, you know, I offered it for whatever the Lord wanted, any souls. Um, so anyway, I'm at a point 
where um, I said, I'm at, I feel like I'm at my limit. And, and then he said to me, I'm just going to see if I write this. Yeah, he said, um, I said, when will this be over? And he said, when it holds. And I said, I thought about that. I go, what do you mean when it holds? Like it did in Cluin. And then an image came to my mind of two pieces of paper that are bonded together after you glue. And mm-hmm. you have to hold them mm-hmm. until they bond. And then you can let go and it stays. Because if you let go too soon, it they start to curl up and come apart, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this sense that something had to hold. So I said, well, when what holds? And he said, when your will and mine become one. Mm. And it, all of a sudden I realized, oh, I, he was waiting for my complete surrender, even though all along he'd been bringing me there in trust. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I began, when I said the Our Father, I began to say, Thy will be done. I completely surrendered my life in a deeper way than I ever had. Your will, whatever's your will, you want me to die, I'm all, I will say yes. If you want me to live, I say yes. And whatever you want me to do, I say yes. And I just surrendered my will. And then within like two or three weeks, I had this surgery, life-changing surgery. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a different world. Yeah. I wake up and I'm in a different world. No more pain. No more hope. And so, yeah. you know, he was, he was bringing me there gradually, you know, through... Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Intense, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so it's, it's kind of intense. I like. I wrote good, down something you said because I was like, "That was so good." I like need to remember it because you like you talked about trusting the Lord in three ways. You said like, "Trust that He loves you. Trust that He will never abandon you. Trust that He has your best interests." I feel like, you know, there's so much that from what you're saying, I think God is just kind of. I'm sure for all of us and maybe hopefully people listening is, is sort of speaking into my own life in so many ways. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like those three things are the three lies that are so hard Mm. to not Mm -hmm. believe. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're in a situation that you don't would like yours, like you just don't know what's going to happen. You you really like, (laughs) like you feel like it's so unfair. So like, how could someone who loved me, like let this happen? You know, those are the three points of attack I feel like so it's such a powerful like truth to declare those things and to experience to experience trust because I think and you also said that you know you like you asked the Lord like what does it mean like what does that mean what does it mean that I trust you and I Mm. I my question sort of just is how how do you live in the tension between proclaiming that truth and believing it but also dealing with the attack of not really believing it, you know, like there's a, the part yeah. of you that's like swimming in, in the storm and you're like, this isn't yeah. so true at all. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess that's, that's where the suffering purifies us because we have to come back over and over to tell ourselves over and over, but he said, I can trust him. And you tell yourself over and over, but he said, He's working for my best interest. And so you, you begin to, whenever you, you, you are, are spiraling down, you bring yourself back to those truths. And as you do that each time, you're deepening 
your faith. You're deepening mm-hmm. your trust, and which allows him to work because he needs faith. We see in the Gospels, Jesus needed the faith of the people mm-hmm. to work. And so he's going to bring us in our suffering to a place of, of faith, really great faith in him, so mm-hmm. he can do what he wants to do. I mean, the Lord could have just healed me in an instant. There are miracles mm-hmm. that are instant, right? Mm-hmm. And we all kind of like those ones because <laughs> we don't have to suffer. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you wonder, like, how come that person got in heaven with me? But, <laughs> but, but, but what, you know, he taught me after look, reflecting was that, like, when we suffer, if we suffer with faith, we're also being, um, we're, we're becoming a kind of um, aware of our, of, of him, of his, the suffering Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's bringing us to experience who he is as the suffering Jesus. Like we know him as the resurrected Jesus. And we love that because it's so happy mm-hmm. and joyful and hopeful. But he's also a suffering. He was a suffering Lord. And he suffers today in the body of Christ. He suffers today with rejection in the world and in so many ways. And suffering in our bodies unites us to him in a way that nothing else can. We, we, see, we get to know him in his suffering side and like I remember one day I was like not I was in the 90s pounds I was really thin and bony and I would wear baggier clothes so I wouldn't look so thin and I felt so I, I felt like I was such everyone would look at me when I was walking out in the stores and if I went to buy a clothing I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror I was so afraid yeah. to see myself because I could see all my bones and I was sitting in the church one day in our, our parish has a huge crucifix hanging over the altar, like huge. And there was Jesus on this crucifix, bony mm. and and just hanging on the crucifix. And I felt that he was, you know, um, helping me to realize that I'm identifying myself with him in a way that I, nothing else has ever made me identify. Mm-hmm. And, and one day I was praying, and, and this is what he said to me, he says, I know what it is to wait. I hung three hours on the cross under the weight of human sin. My child, I am with you in your suffering and your waiting. Cling to me because I am near. Do not look downward, but gaze upward to heaven's help. Mm. And Mm. these words helped me to embrace my suffering, to embrace the fact that he he was helping me to live the presence of Jesus, the suffering Jesus, um, in a way that you, you just don't unless you suffer. And, and not to say that it's, you know, God wants us all to suffer. It's just, it's just we're all going to have suffering in our life at some point. Mm-hmm. And if we can take it as a time to draw close to the suffering Jesus, it's just another perspective of who he is that we get to meet him in that suffering mm-hmm. presence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's really that's really powerful stuff. I think one thing that comes to mind for me, um, you know, and thank you for sharing all of these things. I feel like this is I'm I'm hoping that this is gonna be meaningful for for people listening. It's definitely meaningful for me. Even here, you know, I've I've I'm your daughter. I've I was with you guys through all of this and um but hearing it again and all of these I'm just like, yeah, there's there's a lot even that I haven't heard about all this, so it's it's really powerful for me. Um but something that I think stuck out to me was you know, you're saying in those moments where 
where the lies are coming or when you're feeling hopeless and feeling despair, just to, to re refocus on trusting the Lord, um, that that's the only way. And I, I think that, I think that that's true, but I, I think when I'm, when I hear that, I I know that for myself, I have moments where I, I can't do that, you know, where I, I kind of drown, I spiral and I'm, and then I'm, I'm, I'm stuck and I'm acting out of that place or speaking or whatever I'm doing. It's out of this place of kind of despair. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm wondering if, if that's, were there times where it was, where it wasn't possible, like where you just couldn't sort of pull yourself up to trust and, and what did you do then or how, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Nicole, because in the beginning, I, I can't, I think, but when this, when I had that part about the cross, that was a little bit, a couple of years in, mm. and like in the beginning, when I was experiencing suffering, even I, I felt like one time I was praying my rosary, I felt like Mary said, remember that um, the cross doesn't have the last word, the glory does. And that, that helped me to see, okay, so this is just for a time. Mm. And, you know, something good will come out of this after. And I needed those little moments to get me through because, um, and I needed someone to tell me, I guess I needed, you know, just pick it up through prayer. Or sometimes it was through my kids or through Louie, someone to give me those words of hope and that, you know, this is, this is just for a time kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and then you don't, it, the, the lie is that this is forever. It's never going to change. I, th- I think th- yeah. that the, like everyone does go through suffering in all kinds of ways. And uh, the tr- I'll call it the voyage or the trip mm-hmm. to God um, is, is a lifelong project, you know, mm-hmm. where um, sure some events may, might spur it forward in terms of our trust in God, because in the end, it, we're going to have to trust God. Um, if we if we want that spiritual growth um, and what will cause our trust in God to grow and, and so that's a whole other area uh, another topic but um, I, I if we focus too much in, on the here and now in other words if our, if our uh, perspective is yeah. too too earthly I guess I'll call it mm-hmm. yeah we, we're going to struggle more and of course we slip into that easily right because kind of yeah. it's so easy to happen and then it's the challenge of knowing I have to keep my my eternal perspective and know that I'm going someplace and this is not going nowhere. It's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't come out the other end of this right. where I was before. I'm right. I'm, I'm higher in my mm-hmm. relationship and trust in God. It's it's going somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. that yeah. that is like sitting very powerfully with me because I'm just thinking. I think one of the the struggles of waiting through anything, honestly waiting, like the experience that you have had is harrowing in so many ways, but there's, there's just even sometimes frustration and waiting in simple things. Like you're waiting, Mm. you know, like impatience kind of happens to us in life in degrees. And even in the Mm -hmm. smallest degree, sometimes it catches us that we're waiting for something, you know? And I feel like the, what you just said just struck me because it's like waiting feels so passive or just like, like pointless, right? Like, like, because you're not sure what the outcome's going to be, you don't know what's going to happen. It feels like you're just not going anywhere. That it does feel like that you're not going anywhere. But what you said is is true. That's that that's not the case. You're not no not going anywhere. You're and going somewhere. Going mm-hmm. And and the waiting itself is the journey is part of that going. And I think 
even that just is, is something that, um, and you, I mean, you can hear it in Mary, so much of what you're saying, like you were on a journey, you weren't, you weren't stuck. Now, obviously we can, we can look at it that way in the right. moment. It doesn't feel like that at all, mm-hmm. but it's so good to know, to have that, just even that thought that, okay, I might feel stuck, but I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. yeah. sitting still and moving. Yeah. It's like the uh, the train image that you brought up earlier. Yeah. It's like if you, you know, okay, so we're on a train. That's the reality. God is bringing us somewhere. But if we, if if our window is closed and we're just focused Ooh. on what's happening, we don't even know that we're moving, you know? <laughs> and we can just be like, look, I'm just in this small room and I'm just sitting here waiting and I don't know what I'm waiting for and I don't even know where I'm going, mm. you know? And so sometimes it's that thing of, okay, to look out the window and see you're going, you know? Um, and then sometimes... I think what also stuck out to me is, um, and what I what I remember too is that, um, you know, you're that that other people sometimes have to be the hey, like look out the window, you know, we're going somewhere, like to those reminders of hope. Yeah. And I, you know, I can remember times where I was feeling really down about, you know, about you being sick, mom, and either like dad or one of my siblings would just be like, let's let's just you know let's keep being hopeful, or there are moments, mom, I remember when you were you were just kind of at a low point and you were having trouble to, to feel hopeful. You know, I know you, um, uh, yeah. And, and then, and then I would have this feeling of like, no, actually I, I let's, let's keep being hopeful here. Like, and I, I would have that, I don't know, experience of hope and be able yeah. to share that. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of our kind of highs and lows, exactly. we were able to balance that out. Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. the, the experience of suffering in, in community, you know, community. Well, that that's a really powerful thing you say, Nicole, because it, I honestly think, you know my family and in in even you know the phone calls I got from my parents and my mm-hmm. siblings and my own my own immediate family like and friends friends who prayed and uh, friends who didn't forget me and all through the whole four years they were um they continued to you know inquire after me and like all of that was part of it like I I I needed that and I I yes the Lord helped me he helped me in my prayer times he helped me in my own faith life but it, it went along with all the support I got from everybody. Like it was, it, I was carried by so many things. And I really, I feel now that, oh, I want to reach out to people. Like when, if my friends are going yeah. through hard times, you know. To I think that's exactly what out. you're doing now. Like that's, it's so powerful because I'm thinking of like the person, like Lord, whoever needs to hear this right now, like, Whoever is on the train and can't look out the window and can't see the journey and can't see what's happening, like to hear from somebody who has like been through like just a significant suffering, you know, and faced all of these things is so good to hear. Like there is another side. There is like the Lord is doing something and reminds me too of, um, I forget who it was. I was talking to somebody the other day about this, uh, like the idea of the tapestry, right? Like that the Lord is weaving this beautiful tapestry oh, with yeah. something. But right. when you look at the back of a tapestry, right, it is right. the most ugly, disorganized, <laughs> crazy yeah. thing. Yeah. You yeah. would never be able to intuit the the like the, yeah. the artistic beauty that is on the other side. Yeah. But then when you mm-hmm. see it on the other yeah. side, it is like even greater than our wild yeah. expectations, yeah. you know? Uh, beautiful. And... We, like you say, the tapestry, we don't see what's going on behind. Behind looks messy, right? Mm-hmm. But the Lord is at work. And I want to say that when we suffer, the Lord is at work. And when I was in a hospital um, those few times, um, I, I some amazing things happened. So I was in the hospital, and there was a young woman who was a very, very... Um, 
thin and just really suffering. And so we got into conversation and um, she liked the way I spoke about faith. She says, can I, can I hear more? Can you come to my room and tell me more? So I said, sure, I'll, I'll come to your room every day and we'll, I'll, I'll tell you all about some, like, so what is salvation? What, what did God do with, with bringing us Jesus? And, and so every day I'd go to her room and tell her a little bit more. And, and, um, and she began to become so open. I prayed with her at one, uh, to, to come to know Jesus. And she, um, one morning she came running into my room and she was, she was so excited. She felt like she knew Jesus and she was really excited. So, um, we continued. And then one day I was walking down the hall and she was crying and I, I said, what's wrong? And she said her nose tube had come out. And she, um, she didn't, it was coming out so many times, so painful to put back in. Mm-hmm. So I prayed with her. I had a friend with me. We prayed with her that it should be peaceful and that it would go back in easily. Anyway, she came back and she, uh, about an hour later, I saw her and she, her eyes were just like full of life. And all the hardness that had ever been on her face, the seriousness, fallen away. And she says, I saw him. And I said, who'd you see? And she says, when you were praying with me, Jesus came and he knelt down in front of me. And he told me he loved me the way I am. And that I didn't have to prove myself to him. And he he wanted me to know his love. Something like that. And I was like, wow. Like, I, And she was like so excited. She started telling all the nurses. <laughs> all the nurses. <laughs> That's awesome. And he went to listen. She began to tell, Jesus came to her, and she was so convinced and convicted of this. Um, my, my own priest had happened to be in the hospital that day, came and saw me, and he she came into the room, and she says, do you know what? Do you know who I saw? And she starts telling him the whole story. <laughs> and so anyway, like things like this were going on, praying with people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Jesus was showing me he's at work. Like yeah. this, this isn't just like a bad thing that I'm in the hospital. He's he's using this and doing something, meeting people where I, I could never, I would never have gone to the hospital and prayed with people, but I could do it because I was a patient. I was a fellow patient, you know. <laughs> and they can't kick you out for that, you know. <laughs> it's like you're, you know, your undercover mission, but you actually have to yeah. become the whatever you know, whatever yeah, that, yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And then they came in and we would pray with like. All kinds of people. Different nurses, people. doctors. We prayed with a lot yeah. of other patients. And Nicola came out with, with the violin a couple times. Yeah, and, uh, Nicole played violin. Gather, oh, gather a crowd. Lovely. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. So the Lord oh, is at goodness. work in a time of darkness. The light was shining, you know. And I think He really wants us to know that when there's darkness, if He's invited, His light will come, and He He's He's there in the darkness. Mm-hmm. So He walks with us. <sighs> Oh, that's so beautiful. So good. <laughs> I had like I had makeup on before we started this up. <laughs> I was just thinking that I'm like, I'm really glad that I don't wear makeup ever, ever in my life because the <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> we should we might have to put like <laughs> to put a disclaimer before, you know, on the podcast, you know. Please yeah. remove eye makeup before listening. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. good. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you guys so much for, for sharing. Um, you know, even in the, some of the conversations leading up to this that I was when I was just chatting with you guys, um, I know that it 
it's a lot to to revisit some of these things because they're they're painful. So thank you for being willing to yeah, thank to, you. you know to share all of that. Um, yeah. Can I say one thing we, about healing? I know you're just uh, <laughs> no. Sure. You know what? I, I was like, oh, I really wanted to hear what you had to say about healing. So that's perfect. Oh, there you go. I, I just feel like I can't leave this because I think this yeah. might be helpful yeah. for people. Afterwards, I discovered even though my life had started moving in a good direction. I had a lot of anxiety when I would go by the hospital. Mm-hmm. I would just be overcome within about two blocks of the hospital. I would just feel this anxiousness coming upon me. And I was like, what is this? Like, you were going near my doctor's office? Anxiousness, you know? Mm-hmm. So I said to the Lord one day in prayer, I said, Jesus, like, every time I, I go near the hospital and my doctor, you know, I, I feel this anxiousness. He said, every time you feel any of these negative feelings, he says, come to me and ask me, what is the lie? Mm-hmm. And then ask me, what is the truth? Mm-hmm. So I began, and I, the, when I went back by the hospital again one time, and I, I said, okay, Lord, happening again, right on the spot, I said, Jesus, like, what is the lie I'm believing right now? And he said, you think that you were abandoned, that everything was out of control, that nobody cared. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, okay, ask me the truth. So I said, but what's the truth? And he says, I was in control. I was with you. You were never abandoned by me. I was in control and leading you through this whole thing. And after that, it was an amazing sense of calm came over me. And when I realized, when I started to go by that hospital in the future again, I had no more anxiety. It was gone. Mm -hmm. And, And the same thing, anytime... I'd go through these, I'd ask him the lie and the truth. Mm-hmm. And the healing came, like healing from, you know, I was told after it was post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. really, like anything right. that triggered, right? So I offer yeah. that to any listeners who have any triggers that bring mm-hmm. fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord, what is the lie I'm believing? Mm-hmm. And wait and listen to what he says. And then, and then mm-hmm. ask him, Jesus, what is the truth? And allow him to speak to you. Because then those words of healing come, those words of truth bring healing, and then you're set free. The enemy can't hold you down again. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to offer that. It was very powerful for me. Yeah, so that's powerful. really great. Yeah, that's really great. That's so practical too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah, you know, like that's what I feel like you, sometimes when I, you know, in my own kind of, and I think this is for me, the question that I kind of asked earlier, like, okay, what, what about when you're stuck, you know, and the anxieties or whatever, yeah. I feel like this is such a great um, little tool. Okay. What's, what's yeah. the lie? God help me to know what's the lie I'm believing, you know, cause then you, you unmask what's actually going on mm-hmm. or, or you allow God to do that. So I think thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Okay. Everybody. God wink time. God wink time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Sweet. I mean, I can share first cause I was going to share something that was totally different than this. But then when you were talking about the hospital and being with the people, I was like, Oh no, this for me definitely was a God wink this week. Um, because I'm doing like, I don't know, practical stuff, like applying for EI sick benefits and whatever. So mm-hmm. for, so my like fibromyalgia brain, I had applied for benefits and then I put the correct street number, but I put the totally wrong street name from oh. some place that I haven't lived for like the last <laughs> years. So oh, no. I don't even know it. Anyway, Great. so I had to like call Service Canada and um and so 
So the woman that I was talking to, she was like, yeah, this is a weird thing. I'm like, yeah, I know it's fibromyalgia in my brain. She's like, I have that too. I'm like, really? So then we started having this conversation about (laughs) fibromyalgia. And then I was able to tell her, well, actually there's this program that Mm. I'm in at, you know, this hospital thing, this pain university. She's like, that sounds amazing. Can you give me the information for that? I'm going to talk to my doctor and get a referral. And, you know, which was so beautiful. I was like, this is, I'm so glad that we were able to talk today, you know? And then she was able to, in turn, she gave me some tips. She's like, okay, when you're filling out your report, do this, this, you know, this will help you, whatever, which I was really grateful for because when I did it, I was like, man, I'm glad I talked to her first. It was just one of those moments that I'm like, oh Lord, like, of all the people that I talked to, like, hopefully this will be a, a, like an amazing help for her. And she was so helpful. Like, thank you for, you know, like wow. just intervening in that thing, you know, for yeah. goodness. And yeah, so that was That's definitely amazing. a God wink for me. Right. Your, your story reminds me of this story. I, I work for the federal government with, with the weather and, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I probably have heard this in the news that there's a, the, the new pay system they used starting in 2016 struggled for a number of years. And I, yes, you know, ended up losing money and stuff and had to argue my case. And I saved information and so on. Last summer, I, again, I was making my efforts to fix the problem. And I spoke to a young man. I, I phoned the Phoenix system and, and he's a nice young man. And, and he says, well, what kind of work? And I told him, well, I'm a meteorologist. He goes, you're a meteorologist? I said, yeah. He says, I love meteorology. <laughs> I said, wow, good. You know, he says, but he says, I, I, I want to do that. Like, I, you know, how, what, what? I said, well, so I asked him, you know, about his education and so on. And I gave him the information. Mm-hmm. He was all hyped. You know, I was so glad to speak <laughs> to me. And so, and then I told him my money problem and, and he, he gave me a quick answer. And I says, you know, I'm not sure that's the best. Is there some way you can check out, really dig into this? And I gave him the information. And he says, you bet, I'll check it out. And he says, can you wait on the phone? So sure. He goes, maybe, I don't know, it was five, 10 minutes. He comes back. You were right. He says, we'll fix it. He says, ever since it cleaned up my pay. So I, I kind of felt it was a little God moment there. To, yeah, you know, totally. Was, yeah. You know. God is yeah, very yeah, yeah. mutually beneficial, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when you bore yourself out yeah. in some way, he's like blesses you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's awesome. I can do my God wink next. It's just um, my haircut. I got my haircut. Aww. <laughs> I got my haircut. Guys, it's literally, I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think it's been like a year since I got my hair cut and because I can, I can let my hair grow out long and it doesn't look that ratty. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to get my hair cut with my mom. So it's kind of like nice mom time. And, um, and the, and the girl who's cutting my hair, she's basically like cut all of the, almost all the women's hair in my family right now, because we just all love her. It was like hanging out with a friend. She was so awesome. And we have like very parallel lives. Like she's the youngest, the same age as my sister and her sister's my, so we just like talk, talk about the Raptors. It was great. Mm. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so awesome. yeah, it was very, it was just like one of those simple things that I was like, thank you, Lord. Cause this week was all about paper writing for me. I have, I mm. have, I mean, this whole month is going to be all essays and assignments and papers so it was really nice just a moment of rest that's That's lovely yeah well that kind of segues well into my my god wink I think from the week I was also involved in like doing a lot of paper writing this week and still after we record this I'm gonna go keep Mm -hmm. writing um but (laughs) 
but we had so I had one group project um, that I was working on. There was a manuscript that was due for this journal, and you know we've been working hard on it, and but we all have all these other stuff, so trying to balance it all, and and it got to the end of the week, and we just realized, gosh, like we're just we're not ready, but we have to submit it, mm-hmm. but and just feeling really stressed about all the work we still have to do and how we're going to get this done. Um, anyways, and I and. During the week, I, I've come to this place where sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I will do as much as I possibly can, but if my body won't let me, like if I reach a point where I, I just can't, then I, I'm not going to push myself beyond that because I used to do that all the time and that hasn't been healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to do that uh, this week. And anyways, Friday morning, one of the girls just Googles this journal, this project extension. And lo and behold, up and comes a thing of, oh, this project is extended uh, for anyone who's submitting until January 4th. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And so instead of having two more days, we have like a couple more months. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. um, Which was great. And it was one of the things I was like, okay, good. It's it's okay that I listen to my body. It's like then I get these extensions. This is great. And this this happens a lot, too. So I don't want to, you know, I want to keep working hard, but I'm also kind of like, okay, great, you know. (laughs) So that's, that's mine from this week. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. It's cool. Yeah. I just, my mind is just that I get to talk to my little grandson, three, two year old grandson, over oh. my FaceTime. And he really just gives me so much life just having this relationship with this cute little person in my life. So, mm-hmm. very grateful to God. It's true. It's I love true. it. Those smiles when they see you over FaceTime I and then the smiles that they get on their face is yeah. like uh, the most affirming thing I think a yeah. human being could ever get. It's like a smiling response from a toddler, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. it's so true. Oh, oh, thank you so much, yeah. so much for joining us today. Seriously. Oh, thank, you for, I, thank you for letting us share you guys. It, it you know blessing. what? I don't want to, I know we have to wrap up, but I just, I, I feel like this is, Erin and I got a chance to hang out before she went to Ottawa, which was so lovely. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the kinds of conversations, you know, we really want to have on this podcast. And like, I feel like this is, this is exactly that because there is a kind of vulnerability and suffering that we all experience that I feel like there's, there's like not stigma, but we just don't, we just, we just don't know how to approach that vulnerability in ourselves. And we don't know Mm -hmm. how to approach others who are dealing with it and it feels like you're so alone and so I I just think it's so powerful to hear that kind of sharing that really that that you know you were you were vulnerable at that time you're vulnerable now and sharing that with us and it's really it's really precious and it's so powerful so thank you really really yeah yeah thank you We'll see you or you'll hear us next week, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.